Well, good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to uh, be with you and those watching online, a warm welcome to you. I'd love to talk to you today about standing firm in times of crisis. Standing firm in times of crisis. If you had to use one word to um, describe your year so far, I wonder what word you would use. The team at Collins Dictionary do this each year where they analyse about 19 billion words from uh, newspaper articles and social media posts from that year to find new words with increased usage that kind of sum up what the year has been about. In 2014, the Collins word for the year was photobomb. In 2015, for all you Netflix lovers out there, the word was binge watch. And in years since, we've had Brexit, fake news, single use, climate strike, lockdown. And I think by 2021, we were just so done with all the madness. The word of the year for 2021 was NFTs, or or non-fungible tokens, for anyone who, like me, doesn't know what they are. And last week, Collins revealed the 2022 word for the year. Permacrisis. Permacrisis. Permanent crisis. An extended period of instability and insecurity. And it just rings true, doesn't it? Feels like we've been bouncing from one thing to another, whether it's to do with the environment, health, politics, the economy, a war in Europe. And it's not just that crisis kind of happened out there, at like a national global level, but also there are the things that feel like crisis within here. Today you might be facing a a crisis of confidence, of purpose, like am I doing with my one precious life what I'm meant to be doing? A crisis of faith, a crisis linked to illness or to loss. And actually on today, on Remembrance Sunday, that grief or pain feels a little closer to the surface than it may do at other times of the year. Now, on one hand, you might say, oh, thanks, Dave, for reminding me. If anything, I came to church to forget about the difficult situations in my life, not be reminded about them. And yet, for millions of people in this city and for many people in this room, where it feels like everything is shaking at a time of instability and insecurity, what our city needs most, what your workplace your family, what your friends need most, what you need most is to work out how do you stand firm in times of crisis? How do we do that? Our passage today is 1 Corinthians 15, starting from verse 51, which says this. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the last trumpet will sound... The dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. So how do you stand firm in times of crisis? Well, the first thing we see in this passage 
is to look back with gratitude. Look back with gratitude. I wonder how you tend to tackle difficult situations in your life. Uh, before I joined the team here at HDB, I trained as an architect, and so I had this tendency to think that any problem I face, I can design my way out of it. I can get quite kind of focused and practical. I just want to like fix things, which of course isn't always possible. My wife Sophie and I have been married uh, now for eight years. And just recently, we were in the kitchen after kind of a, a long day at work, just kind of decompressing from the day. I think I was cooking, just kind of stirring the bolognese, um, and Sophie was just sat behind me, and she just let out this sigh and said, Dave, today's been like one of those really difficult days. And she was tired, and she just said, I'm not really feeling my, myself. Now, in that moment, what she needed was someone to, to listen to the issue, you know, the kind of things we talk about in the pre-marriage and the marriage course. Uh, and to my credit, I started well. Like, oh, I'm so sorry, darling. Uh, but before I could catch the words, I was then like, I'm so sorry, but can I just check? Have you drunk enough water today? Uh, I, I know that low water intake can cause low mood. And um, whilst I can't repeat exactly what she said to me, Soph made it abundantly clear that it was not her water intake that needed checking in that precise moment. I just can't help myself. I'm, I'm a fixer. What about you? You might try and do things in the same, same way or through grit and determination or optimism and the power of positive thinking or denial of the issue in the first place. But sometimes, if we're honest, those strategies just do not work. You may be facing something right now in your life where that kind of thing just would not work. You can't fix it. I remember a time um, with one of our children during a 20-week scan uh, where we went in for, um, to see the sonographer and all was looking fine until the sonographer just kind of went very quiet and turned to us and says, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I think I've discovered a cyst on your baby's brain. Fix that one, Dave. What do you do in those moments? It was really difficult. I wonder what it might be like for you. Maybe you're going through something right now or something that you've been through where you faced or are facing something where there's no strategy, there's no grit, no optimism could ever make it right. The world just stops. What do you do? Well, in our Bible passage today, there's a, there's a key word that's easy to miss. Paul writes in verse 58. He says, therefore, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Why is that a key word? Well, in all of Paul's letters, therefore means look back, look at what I've just said. And as you look back at 1 Corinthians 15, you discover it's arguably the greatest chapter in the whole of the Bible about the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus conquering the seemingly inconquerable crisis of death itself. And Paul is clear from the start, Jesus rising from the dead, it's, it's not just like a nice Christian concept, this, this actually happened. The start of the chapter, Paul reminds everyone that the risen Jesus appeared to a gathering of 500 people, 500 eyewitnesses who were still alive when Paul wrote this letter 20 years later. Jesus overcoming death was an actual event in human history, but it wasn't just a naked display of power. It actually changes things for you and for me today. If the crisis you face today is something to do with what you've done, you feel like it's your fault, there's this kind of nagging sense of guilt and shame and you can't shake it. Well, Jesus on the cross, as he died, took your mistakes with him. And whilst you feel like you've been overcome 
by the things that you've done in your life, they didn't overcome the risen Jesus. And therefore today, you can know total forgiveness, total freedom from guilt and from shame. Maybe the crisis you're facing is beyond your control, beyond your power. Well, the resurrection of Jesus shows us that the way you stand firm is less about exerting your power and more to do with welcoming his. Less about mustering up your strength and instead leaning on him. Following the 20-week scan where we found out about the cyst in our baby's brain, we, if I'm honest, we were just shaken to the core. We went back a few weeks later after kind of much prayer and the sonographer confirmed again that uh, the cyst was in exactly the same place. And they decided not to do any further examination until um, the baby was born. And on their arrival, which was um, amazing, uh, and yet as we held him, we were kind of reminded that the story hadn't quite come to a close yet. It wasn't the end of the journey. And a few weeks later, we, we brought the baby back into hospital, kind of wrapped him tightly and placed our little boy into uh, a very large CT scanner. We had to kind of plug his ears because the noise of the, the machine was so loud. We, we placed him in and he was put through and he had the scan and it was really difficult. And yet in the middle of it, we felt Jesus draw really close to us. And that was huge comfort. And I remember the day the, the letter came through, we could see on the, the piece of paper kind of the hospital stamp. And we took a deep breath, sat down, made a cup of tea and opened it up together. And within the letter, it said that there was no analysis because the cyst had gone. And now when we look back at that situation, holding together actually all of the unresolved issues we're facing since, I stand a little stronger it can be so easy to, to forget the faithfulness of God in the past, but calling it to mind in the moment changes everything. And as Paul looks back, gratitude starts to rise within him. He says in verse 57, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And this comes from a man who has experienced extraordinary testing and pain throughout his life. You know, often in times of crisis, let's be honest, it feels kind of counterintuitive to be thankful. If anything, we feel kind of fearful or you may feel angry. But in moments of crisis, when you may question God's love, you may question God's power, you may even question God's faithfulness, all you need to do is do what Paul did in this passage, to look back at the cross, to look back at what Jesus did, the most extraordinary display of his love, his power and his faithfulness towards you. So that when storms come, whether around you or within you, the resurrection of Jesus reminds you that his, he has the power to still the storm. When crisis arrives, the resurrection of Jesus reminds you that he will never leave, that nothing, not even death itself, could separate you from the love of God. And what starts to happen in times of crisis when you're against the odds, gratitude, gratitude starts to rise, hope starts to rise, and you begin to stand firm. That's the first thing we see in this passage. If you want to stand firm in times of crisis, look back with gratitude. And secondly and finally, look forward with expectation. Look forward with expectation. 
In our passage, you'll see that Paul talks about our future, the end of the Christian story, which we often think is like kind of eternal cloud hopping, um, but that has more to do with like Plato and Red Bull adverts. Um, but it's actually a physical world. The end of our Christian story is a physical world without crisis, a hurting world without pain. It looks like new physical bodies, but without sickness. Paul says in verse 51 that we will all be changed. Everything gets made new, like heaven, but on earth. And when you know that that is the end of your story, you can look forward with expectation and it enables you to stand firm in a crisis. Why? The sociologist Peter Berger says that modern human beings tend to live in a world without windows, which is kind of problematic in a crisis. What do I mean by that? Well, for example, in a car, the engine is critical, the steering wheel essential, but you won't get very far without windows. Without windows, like every steer of the um, steering wheel, every uh, push of the accelerator is anxiety-inducing. Like I could literally hit anything. But a window allows you to see what is coming and adjust accordingly. You know, you see the tree and you swerve. You see your mother-in-law <laughs> and you swerve. <laughs> but being able to see what is ahead is essential. The point is this, one of the most challenging things about a crisis, let's be honest, is not the crisis in and of itself, but it's the sense of like, I can't see my way out of this. How is this gonna end? This is a situation, this is a problem. It just feels a bit like a world without windows. If I just knew when the job was gonna come, uh, if I just knew when the grief within me would subside, if I just knew when I'd finally meet the right person, if I just knew when the, what the end of the story might look like, I might be able to stand firm in the middle of the crisis now. But Paul says, the end of your story is good news. I often think John Lennon was probably on something when he said, everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, then it's not the end. And you might say, well, that's, that's fantastic, Dave. So glad that's all to come in the future. Uh, but what about right now? How can I look forward with expectation now? Well, the amazing thing about a window, it doesn't just show you kind of what's out there or, or what's ahead. It allows light in now. It allows hope in now. It allows peace in now, even in the most difficult circumstances. A couple of years ago, I had the real honor of marrying um, uh, a wonderful couple, actually right here on these steps in Brompton Road. Uh, Ross was on the staff team at HCB, and uh, Paola, who's allowed me to share this story, uh, was serving as a volunteer. And they fell in love whilst um, working together on the production team. And it was such a happy day, but just three weeks after they were married, I got a phone call uh, telling me that very sadly, Ross had died suddenly and unexpectedly. I remember sitting with Paula at our kitchen table, who three weeks before was a wife and now was a widow. And as I listened to her and kind of looked into her eyes, and you would have felt this if you experienced grief, death really stings. And the thing about a sting is it kind of hurts on impact, but then grief can pulse through for a long time. And actually, if you are experiencing grief today, we have an amazing course called The Bereavement Journey, which starts again in the new year. Uh, please do have a look at that, if that would help. I was asked to take the funeral and a short service at the crematorium um, afterwards, which you, you can imagine was just really difficult for everyone, particularly Paola. But one of the key themes of the service that came through, and I didn't know this about Ross, but he was passionate uh, about um, fireworks 
and pyrotechnics. You know, one, person, one after another came up to talk about him and just said how much he loved fireworks and pyrotechnics. And as we, uh, the service concluded, we were headed out into the courtyard just outside um, the crematorium and, and family were kind of consoling each other and supporting each other. But what happened next, I will never, ever forget. Just in front of the courtyard, uh, 10 meters away from where we were standing, behind a small row of hedges, as people were embracing a morning together, fireworks just started to go off into the sky, one after another directly in front of where we were stood. And I remember everyone gathered, just like looking at me, you know, in shock, as if I had organized, you know, this fireworks display, looking at me in disbelief. And then, um, but then we kind of looked up into the sky as if Ross was saying, I'm with Jesus. And what we found was that it was like a window at the time where we were just so full of grief and pain to see those fireworks. It was like, ah, there's more, there's more than what's going on uh, right here and right now. It felt what like it was a moment of crisis, a world without windows. It had become really dark and really sad. A window had, be formed, had been formed and the love and faithfulness of God had broken, broken through. It's still to this day, no one knows um, who organized those fireworks, but I kind of remember watching them and, and thinking of this passage. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Maybe today as you think about the things you're facing, I want to say to you, don't let the crisis derail you. Stand firm. Sometimes when we think about the things we face, we can feel consumed, helpless, defeated. You know, one thing, uh, one of the other words that Collins picked up for 2022 alongside permacrisis was the word quiet quitting. You know, don't quietly quit as a result of your crisis. Don't give up praying. Don't give up seeking. Yeah, it's not always easy, but allow your crisis to push you into Christ, who is available to bring comfort and strength and transformation, not just in the future, but right here, right now. Look back with gratitude. Look forward with anticipation. Stand firm in times of crisis. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Should we stand together? Let's stand and pray. And in a moment, uh, we're going to have communion together. But let me pray before we do that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are here by your Spirit. Thank you that you enable us to stand firm in the crisis. Thank you that you're not um, unaware or kind of aloof to the things that we face. And we pray today that your light would break in, even to the darkest of situations. We trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.